Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Now, today we have a special guest joining us, which is Helen Tudor. Helen is a multi-award winning entrepreneur with a unique focus on LinkedIn. And she's delivered LinkedIn strategy training and has been a consultant for many, many businesses uh, all around the world. Now, her approach to LinkedIn is unique. There's no DMs, no automation, just a simple growth, engagement and context strategy, content strategy that can be executed in just 20 to 30 minutes per day. So if you've ever felt overwhelmed by LinkedIn or are tired of sending endless DMs, this episode is for you. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Alexis. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. That was quite the introduction. It makes me sound dead good. Let's, well, let's see if I live up to that hype. <laughs> I, I know that you are. So allow, allow me to give you the opportunity to, to demonstrate that. So um, tell us a bit about your journey about, you know, uh, becoming an award winning entrepreneur, um, specializing in LinkedIn, uh, and particularly some of the perhaps the challenges that you faced and how you overcame them. Well, it's a funny story, really, because I did not wake up one day and think, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be a LinkedIn person. Like, it's like, it's not a sexy thing to be, to be honest. It's not like being a cool, like you've got software companies and all that kind of stuff. What I do is I help people make money, basically. And I, the reason why I love LinkedIn so much is because before I discovered LinkedIn, let's say about 2010-ish, um, I was really broke like really, really broke, like extremely broke. <laughs> like, you know, I'm talking like nearly six figures of personal debt broke and a single wow. mum. So I was like, I need to get out of this situation and I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'd been a reflexologist by trade. Like I'd, I'd done all my holistic therapy stuff, but I love social media. So like I said, it was ages ago. Like, you know, I'm an absolute dinosaur fossil when it comes to social media, but I'd use social media to fill my business my sort of my holistic therapy business and I thought oh, I just want to help people with this and I want to do this for people and I was looking at my figures and my, well not looking at my figures not opening my post you know that kind of looking at my phone calls but I was like I'm gonna have to do something here to get out of this and it's not going to be you know rubbing up strangers for cash at 40 quid ago it's not going to be that anymore like that's just not it's not scalable I can't do it as a single mom. I can't get out of the house. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, I need to have something I can do around the kids. I have two kids, they're maybe they were like five and seven at that time. Um, I, was, I was just sick of being broke, really. So I was like, right, how can I go and make some money? And I went home and I looked at, <laughs> so I'd, I'd been around the shop with my 20 quid and uh, the local co-op where I am and I'd have the kids and I tried to add everything up in my head and I got it completely wrong so it was like 26 pounds or something and Sheila behind the counter had to put some stuff back I had no money no access to cash and all of this kind of stuff and I sat in the car and I was absolutely ugh, just felt absolutely humiliated obviously I was never going to starve to death like I've got a lovely caring middle class family that weren't going to see me like eating out of a bin but I was just like how has my life got to this situation where I can't afford to buy stuff for my kids you know I'm a 30 year old woman like why am I not like why have I not got my sort of shit together uh, and then I just had this sort of realization that nobody was coming to save me and I need to go if I wanted to start this social media business the social media agency if you like then I needed to go and get some clients and as a single mom with real severe financial problems and mental health problems 
at that time. I was a real, like, you know, trifecta of joy. And I thought, well, I can't go to networking because I can't afford it. I can't face it. I can't get to it. A lot of networking in those days was made by middle-aged white men who could be at Warrington Golf Club at six in the morning. Just wasn't my, wasn't able to do it. And the thought of standing up and talking in front of people was absolutely out of the question, which I know is quite ironic as to why we're having this chat now. Um, but I remember thinking, what can I, how can I network online? That was my thought process. So I went to my battered old computer. I was like, online networking. And this thing called LinkedIn popped up. And I was like, oh, this is a great. This makes sense. I can use it like a website. I can get people to come to look at my website. I can set it up like a website. This is like my profile, but I'm going to use it like a landing page, my ideal clients. Then all I need to do is drive traffic to it. That's it. I just need to get people to come and look at my landing page. I write it for my ideal client. I'll be completely explicit about what I want them to do. So my first ever headline and profile, which I never took a screenshot because I did not know what was going to happen, was something like helping small business owners in Warrington, which is like the small parochial town where I'm from, um, sell more, look better online using Facebook and Twitter. That's how old old this was. And it's £250 a month, and I've got 10, 10 spaces remaining, or 10 spaces available. Um, and my profile was something like, are you a small business owner in Warrington? Do you feel frustrated? Everyone seems to be doing social media, but you don't know what you're doing. Like, would you like somebody else to manage the whole thing for you so you don't need to worry about it? If so, I can help. I'm a small business owner just like you. I'm a single mom. I live in Warrington. I want to do this for you. I'll do, I think, something like five posts a week. I charge £250 a month. I've got 10 spaces available. If you want one, send me a message. That was it. So that was like my first ever LinkedIn profile. I thought, right, I just need to go and find all the people that are small business owners in Warrington. So because I'd, I'd done my maths and I thought, if I can make two and a half grand a month, this is going to change my life, like blow my mind, right? <clears throat> so I was very explicit. The, pr- the price was there. The sort of what I would now call like the SLA was there, but I didn't know that then. I was like, I'll do this. I'll charge that. This is who it's for. And this is how you get it, basically. I thought... I don't want to have lots of sales conversations. I'm scared of negotiating and all that kind of stuff. So I just want people to come to me if they want to buy, right? And then, so then I went and found everybody I could find that was in business in Warrington. So everybody from every managing director, every CEO, and then every director, founder, co-founder, and then every person who owned a shop or owned an accountancy, but like basically everybody in Warrington. I was just like adding all these people like a maniac. And then I just posted saying, look, this is what I do. This is how you can buy it and all whatever. Totally forgot about it in a lot of ways. Put the thing down, you know, drank my wine, cried some more, just thought like, you know, this is probably not going to work either. And it just, it was, I think it was, I'm pretty sure like it was almost the next day. I'd obviously asked to connect with all these people. They'd all seen this headline in their their feed, you know, their, their requests. I just had loads of messages of so many people like, Oh, Helen, this looks amazing. I can have one of your spaces or hi, it's not right for me, but it looks great. Like, you know, I'll, I'll stay in touch or you might, can you ring my, my husband or whatever who's got this, this business? And I like filled up those spaces so quickly and they'd all come to me and I was thinking, Oh, this is great. So that was kind of how I got into LinkedIn. And then I built that business up over the years into like ran it into a small agency. We started taking on staff. I ended up taking an investor. Um, we've got offices, we put motivational quotes on the wall, have me a parking space. I was like, I am making it. Uh, and then we went to, went into employer branding and I did some amazing work in that space, to be honest. I really enjoyed it. 
I'm sort of dipping my toe back in with a potential opportunity at the moment. But anyway, big in the employer branding space, working with big blue chip clients, as we would say in the UK, you know, headliner change, you know, and then it was like helping HR directors hire better people faster using Facebook ads. And it was three grand a month, you know, 10 spaces available, you know, so building up the agency that way. And I was incredibly miserable. Like I was so unhappy. Like I was making money, but spending money. If anyone's ever had an agency, it's like, it's in, it's out, it's up, it's down, you know, one phone call, you lose a client, you you know, it, it was, I didn't enjoy it. I, I felt like I'd made myself a job because I had to go to yeah. work, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'd had staff, hated that, you know, hated having staff and, and having been responsible for people and, you know, trying to motivate people to be like me, most impossible, right? It's, it was like, it was really challenging. <clears throat> And then I have to say, I do not know who this guy is, but I definitely own a pint. But I remember the actual conversation. We were sat at Warrington Golf Club, actually. I was at a networking thing. I got better. I had the money to go to things now. You know, I was braver. I could stand up and talk in front of people. And I was going for my agency, right? But he said to me, he said, Helen, how are you getting all these clients? Because they, you know, I was working with, like, you know, Lakeland and XPO Logistics and, like, um, like Peel Port, like people like that. And, and I was like, oh, they all come to me. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, they all come to me on LinkedIn. He said, no, that's not how LinkedIn works. Yeah. I said, oh, no, does for me. And he was like, no, what's your strategy? What's your DMing strategy? You know, what are the scripts? What do you do? And I, and I was like, no, I just have a headline and profile that talks to those clients. I add those people. Yeah, I ask to connect with those people every day, HR directors. Yeah, I ask to connect with them every day, but I don't message them. I don't send them anything. I don't write a personalized connection request. I just ask to connect. I then put out content that tells them what we do and how you get it and how much it is and personal stuff about me. And I comment on people's posts publicly. So I was like, I'll put stuff out there. You know, I grow my audience every day. I engage my audience every day. And I put out content every day. That's it. And he literally went, no, Helen, that is not how it works. (laughs) I was like, okay, man, at the golf club. Look, this is what I do. And I remember we were, because we were like, you know, you used to have like six full English breakfasts a week. I don't know why I was so heavy, but anyway. So you'd go and you'd have your breakfast. I remember there was like a napkin on the table. So I got the pen and I was like, oh, this is what you do. I was like, this is your profile. So these are the things you need here. And then this is your content. This is how you engage. And then I've literally got this as a, a slide from the old days when I used to do slides. Uh, this is called, and then, and then this is what you post and this is how you engage and this is what you do, you grow your audience this way. And then you just keep doing that every day. And he was like, right. Okay. Anyway, off he went, thought no more about it. Anyway, next time I saw him, he's like, Helen, guess what? I was like, what? He went, I got a lead. I was like, yeah, I know. That's how it works. And he was like, you don't understand, right? This is not how other people teach it. He said, I've been on LinkedIn for years. I've got thousands of contacts. I've been to loads of LinkedIn training. I've read books about it. Nobody has ever, ever shown me a way to get these from LinkedIn. That's simple. He said, you have to teach this. Mm-hmm. Thanks, random man. I can't remember your name. I feel really bad about that. I'm hoping if I keep telling this story, he'll pop up and be like, that was me. <laughs> I'll have that pint now. Anyway, so that was it. I just thought, oh, yeah, I could teach this. It's so obvious. It's so easy for me. So I started doing like these, what we call the 99 pound sessions where people pay me 99 pounds and I teach them it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And then people just raving about it. They were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Blew my mind. I've done the work. It's working. Oh my God, it's amazing. And everybody I spoke to 
brought me like more clients. So I was doing like hours and hours of this and I was thinking, well, if I could do 10 of these or 20 of these, I'd be able to get my back out, my patio done. <laughs> That's what I thought. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll make a couple of grand doing this. I'll just, you know, and then, and then I realized I was doing like between five and 10 a week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm making like two to four grand a month doing this. Like I wasn't even taking that home from the agency. So I was like, oh, brilliant. Set a fire to the agency. I was like, forget that. Like that's far too much like hard work. I literally <laughs> went to a call. I went to a meeting. It was a, oh, I won't name him actually, but it was a very well-known national. Mm. And, and I remember she was speaking to me like, and I just thought, I'm not having this anymore. And I just left that. And I had my daughter in the car. She's probably about 13 at the time. And I got the woman was on the speakerphone. And I said, listen, I know we had the meeting yesterday, but I've had some time to think, and we're not going to be working with you going forward. And she was like, what? She was like, you can't fire us. We are insert. But I was like, this isn't for me anymore. Best of luck with it. And I just, and my daughter was like, mom. I was like, this is what I mean, Megan. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I can go and work with people who love me, who love what I do, who get great results and who pay me. And she was like, all right, okay. And that was that really. And then it was only when I had, um, and then I was like working from home, working for myself. I didn't really have a team, didn't need any tech. I was literally mm. sending PayPal links and the pay. And I was like, this is great. But then it was only when I, um, I got a big tax bill. I was like, oh, well, it was a big tax bill then, not a big tax bill anymore. But anyway, and I was thinking, oh my God, how am I going to make? Like, I think it was a few grand, right? I was like, how am I going to make that at a hundred pound an hour? Like, what am I going to do? Um, and so I said, right, I'm going to do a group thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it the LinkedIn Mastermind. And it's going to be at that time, I think I did it for £300. And I'm going to make it up as we go along. And, and I think I sold it to like eight people who are all still in my world now. Um, and there isn't anything yet, but if you give me the money, we'll do it together. And we literally I set up a Facebook group. And every day, five days a week for six weeks or eight weeks, I did a video, like, do this today, do this today, do this today. And that became the LinkedIn Mastermind. And those people had an amazing experience. They loved it. I really saw the power of a group of people. And we went and we sold it. I sold it again and again and again. And then, you know, did my first 100K, my first 200K. And then I went in with Phil Harrison, who a lot of people might know, who does five-day challenges. He came to me. Again, he was one of my... 99 pound sessions is like, Helen, you don't understand. People don't do the ideal client work like you do. They don't do this process like you mm. do. You really should do this at scale. So we started running big five-day challenges, started running ads, and then we started doing like 100K launches, 250K launches. And then, you know, where we, we are where we are now, I guess, which is we've sold two and a half million pounds of that program alone. Um, it's just led to amazing opportunities, like consulting to clients all over the world and all kinds of training all over the place. And speaking on stages, and yeah, that led to me winning the awards. I won the Eva Awards, Internet Award. I won that. I mean, that was that was mad. That's opened up again this time, and I was just still. I still remember that that the, being a finalist, thinking, well, obviously, I'm not going to win. So you just get stuck right into the champagne, don't you? And by the time I got on stage, I was, <laughs> awesome. I just remember it was massive as well. I thought it would just be like a little awards thing. Turned up, it was this massive ballroom, and I was like, oh my god. And then to win that was incredible. And then, again, the FSB Small Business Award. I wasn't expecting that either. I wasn't even a member of the FSB. So I was like, I'm definitely not going to win this. Got stuck into the campaign. 
Yeah, and I got on stage and I was like, I think I better join. Like, I wasn't expecting to win. I joined on the night. I was like, give me the iPad. I'm joining now. This is great. Um, so, yeah, to win the awards was was, a bit, was amazing because it is that validation, isn't it? And, you know, especially the ones you've got to apply for and you get interviewed, like the Evas, it was quite a, a strict process and the panel were amazing. And it's just been the wildest but best ride of my whole entire life. Yeah, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that story. And thank you for sharing that, Helen, in, in such detail, because I think that, um, firstly, I love how uh, simple or, or like how much you break down that, that process of your journey so that it becomes a bit more accessible and people are able to see like, yeah. oh, yeah, you can actually do these things. And I love your approach. And I feel very much like it's almost like the napkins out and you're explaining like I did this and then did this. <laughs> yeah. And that's perfect. Um, like you've worked with so many clients, you know, whether it's uh, business owners, but also heads of marketing at larger companies, et cetera. And um, often marketing can feel complex and there's lots of challenges that people have around it. Like you'll have seen all of that yourself. Like Mm -hmm. what would you say are the the most sort of common challenges and uh, frustrations, obstacles that people have when it comes to marketing more generally and then particularly around LinkedIn? Yeah, so marketing generally, and I know we briefly touched on this before, it's like, it's basically getting some data on what works and doing more of that. It really is. And I think people get so caught up. So I've got another business called Client Funnels. And all we do is build sales funnels, right? So we build sales funnels, we use Score app. I know Daniel Priestley is speaking at the event that we're at, but we use Score app and we use WhatsApp. So we like, we lead generation is my thing, obviously, and then score up to evaluate and then WhatsApp to close out, you know, and what it just blows my mind because every time we do it, it's like the clients that we work with just, they just don't seem to have the data that I have in my mm. business, you know? So what I realized is that I've got five years of data. So for, for marketing, from my point of view, it's, it's just a money machine my business. I know if I put 10 grand in, I'll get a hundred grand out, right? It's just a money. Sadly, I thought if you put 30 grand in, you'll get 300 grand out. doesn't quite work like that, but that's, that's what we're kind of working on now, right? Yeah. <laughs> you think it was that easy, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, I'd yeah. say up to, up to spending, say 10 grand on something like ads, you should be able to guarantee that you get between 50 and hundred out, which I can because I've got five years of data and I'm not a data person, obviously. I'm a, let's think of a million creative ideas, right? But that does not a good marketer make what makes a good marketer is thinking of a million different ways to say exactly the same thing yes and that's really what i focused on and getting really good at selling one thing one thing to one person at a time is whether i'm working with somebody who's brand new or somebody who's massive i've stood in boardrooms of massive multi-million pound international organizations and said who's your ideal client and they don't they can't tell me and they've spent tens of thousands of pounds on consultants and they still can't truly map out their ideal client. So normally there's two things really. It's knowing who your ideal client is, being really clear on what you're selling and what the outcomes are and then getting the data and then you can scale. I think I see so many people do something that works and then go, right, let's do something else. I'm like, yeah, but that worked. Why aren't you doing more of that? And someone's once said to me like, oh, what's your plan for for my business, I've got multiple businesses, but for the kind of one that I'm, I'm running, I guess, you know, I was like, my job is to make sure we don't do anything else for the next 12 months, you know? It's like, my job is to make sure we don't make anything else, we don't sell anything else, 
We just keep doing what we're doing and we do it well and we do it consistently and we just repeat what works. Just get more people into the funnel and we do more because I know what we do works. My the problem I've got, not the problem, but the challenge I've got, and I see this a lot in other businesses, particularly the solopreneur kind of end of the market, is it's like a trauma-based business in a lot of ways. So Daniel Priestley said to me on a call, he was like, the thing is, Helen, you attract a lot of broke people because of your story, because that is my story. Mm-hmm. And part of me was like, oh, yeah, I should try and move away from that with my messaging and stuff. And then I was like, no, I like working with broke people. They are my people, right? It's a trauma-bonded business. I want to go back in time, 10 years, and help those people just mm-hmm. like me who, through multiple reasons, are broke, right? Who are really broke and they want to get out of it, but they just need someone to help them, right? So I help people go step by step without spending any money. This is what I need to do, right? My other businesses help people who are like, I've done that bit. Well, how do we scale, right? And But I think it's important to have that between the two. So it's knowing your audience. I'd say the problems that I see is people try and sell all the things to all of the people, you know, instead of saying, you know what, these are my people and I'm going to create really good products and service for those people, yeah? And when I know what works, I'm going to stick to that. Um, I'd say that is a definite thing. Now, LinkedIn specifically, it's the same thing, but it's in microcosm. People try and be all things on LinkedIn. You know, they're like, well, you know, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I hear that a lot. And it makes me think, no, you just can't pick something. That's not the same. We're all multi-passionate entrepreneurs. I have multiple businesses, multiple investments, all of that jazz, right? But when you look at my LinkedIn profile, I sell your LinkedIn training. You know, that's it. I don't talk, I, there's, a, there's a hint on client funnels because that's quite a big separate business of mine. But when people buy my program, they get behind the curtain, they see all the other stuff. You know, yes, I might be able to invest in your business. Yes, you can come to my house for a strategy day. Yes, we can, you know, we can do this. Not Like, yeah, I do all this other stuff as well. But from the outside on LinkedIn, I do one thing. So one of my biggest jobs is to get people, whether it's people in a big organization who have got individuals who've got LinkedIn or people who are just trying to get leads for their own business. Um, it's the same thing. We're going to pick something to focus on for LinkedIn. And I like to go at a minimum, the 80-20 rule. So for example, do you want to be a professional speaker who's also written a book or do you want to be a professional author who also does a bit of speaking? Mm-hmm. You know, and and. It's not that I'm saying you can't be both things, you can, but I want you to have a focus because when you have a focus and when you have an ideal client, that's when my stuff works really, really well. When you're a generalist and you're selling all the things to all the people, then it doesn't work as well. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it doesn't work as well. So if you want to use LinkedIn to get speaking gigs, I can help you. You want to use LinkedIn to sell your books, I can help you. You want LinkedIn to get more demos for your software, I can help you. But you do need to make a decision and pick something because the biggest problem I see with LinkedIn and I've spoke to some pretty influential people on this who I won't name. And I've had to say to them, nobody cares that you've written a load of books and that you've spoken, you've done this and you've done that. Nobody really cares. They care about that when you understand that you care about them. So you've got to show that you care about them. So the biggest problem I see is CV, uh, LinkedIn being used like a CV, if you like, of like, this is who I am. This is how great I am. This is what's great about me. These are all my great products and services. This is like how amazing I am. And this is what my customers say and all that stuff, right? Instead, the way I teach it is having your headline and the first bit of your profile about your ideal client. So 
for example, mine currently says something like helping business owners get leads from LinkedIn in less than 30 minutes a day, blah, 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 whatever. But the first few lines are like, are you an entrepreneur who is, or are you a business owner who knows that there's 100K in business waiting for you on LinkedIn? Like, do you want to be, dis- do you want to demystify all the stuff that you see? So I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them. What problems have they got? They're overwhelmed with how to get started on LinkedIn or how to use it to generate leads, right? But I'm talking to them about their thing. So that's why it all comes down to the ideal client. It seems obvious, right? I had no idea everyone did it the other way. <laughs> well, it, it, I love that. And I, I, it seems obvious to some extent, it seems obvious to you. Like it's, it's obvious to you because you're looking at it from the audience's perspective. You're yeah. looking at it from the, you know, the, the business owner in Warrington who wants to generate leads yeah. or wants to, you know, wants to be all over this social media stuff, but hasn't got the time. Whereas most, I, I would say most other people, not just business owners, most people uh, struggle to look that way around. They start from where they are. And I think yeah. um, LinkedIn, particularly, you know, uh, uh, early days of LinkedIn and for many years, it kind of has yeah. been an online yeah. TV. The way it's set up, the whole it's nature of listing your experience. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I think that the temptation is to fall into that trap and, and make it the CV and kind of almost the database of here's all the stuff I've done dump yeah. all of that there therefore to some extent I won't forget it myself never mind if anyone else wants to wants to check it and so I, I loved your approach of saying actually it's fine to be an author and a speaker and a business yeah. owner and whatever but pick the focus and to some extent it sounds like the answer of where to pick that focus is um, really either down to where are you trying what are you trying to do more of right now So if it's like, if you've been a successful author, but the thing that you really, really, really want to do is speak, then you need to lead with that. You can't lead with an author who happens to to speak, but also actually it's better to lead it from your, your, you know, your ideal audience and what you know works, like using the data to go, well, I know that this thing sells, people will buy this, therefore repeat that. And I love what you said around um, bringing them then behind the curtain once they've, um, they've kind of got to. Uh, start yeah. working with you already and that's that's really powerful um, you should say all of those things about yourself but after you've got them engaged so what yeah. I would say is like it should showcase you but you should get them engaged so it's literally sit into their shoes and come and look at your profile does it tell them that you know who they are and that you know how they feel and that, that you know you want to help them right if not, then try to fix that bit first because you won't be able to get to read on. It's just about those micro commitments. I think maybe because I was a marketer when I came to it, but like it's micro commitments. They see your headline, which is the most important bit on LinkedIn because that's the bit that follows you around everywhere, right? So if mine says helping whatever it says all through the years, but now it's like helping business owners get leads from LinkedIn. So if someone clicks on my headline, just like if they click to come to a webinar or they click, to, like they're giving me a micro commitment that says, actually, this looks quite interesting to me. So when I get them there, the next thing I want them to see is, are you this person? Do you feel this way? Because I want them to lean in and be micro committing to click read more in the profile. And if they do that, then all this opens up and it's fair game, right? Now, now they're committed, they're interested. You can talk about who they are, really showcase how you can help them. And then mine says all of my stuff, you know, about selling two and a half million pounds, you know, 4,000 testimonials and all that, because that's my evidence to give them the confidence to take the next micro commitment, which is to either accept my connection request or ask me to connect. 
And then, and only then, do they decide whether they're going to message me or not, you know? So it's not about sell at every cost, you know? This is why I don't do DMs. It's not about getting people, forcing people to buy from you. It's about positioning yourself as the expert. And when they're ready, they'll come and buy from you, you know? I get asked about DMing a lot on LinkedIn, but... I say, like, you can, does DMing on LinkedIn work? Absolutely. I am not saying it doesn't work at mm. all. But so does standing outside Asda asking if you've got Sky TV. It works, right? <laughs> Same as me going down to the village now and asking everybody down there if they want to lose 10 pounds, right? It works, but you're going to get a whole lot of rejection. And that is yeah. not good for the mindset of most salespeople. We are, we are, we like to think we're really robust, but we're not. We're, we're weak and vulnerable. And yeah, and we don't like to be rejected or ignored all day, every day. When you're putting the effort into something is hard going. So instead, we let people come to us when they're ready. And then it's a much nicer yeah. sales conversation because they, they only want to work with you. They don't, they're not, they're not shopping. They've decided. They've, you should have overcome their objections with your content and they're ready to buy. So it's a longer game, yeah, but it's a much more enjoyable, sustainable, profitable game. Agreed, agreed. And so um, I want to dive in uh, to part of the strategy that I think that is probably the um, one of the biggest obstacles for, for a lot of people. Um, I'll very quickly share a funny story that relates to you talking about uh, the LinkedIn headline and how, mm-hmm. how important it is in that headline to be like state who you're helping and so yeah. on. Um, we in the green room before the um, podcast, uh, I can't remember why, but we mentioned that one of my previous uh, interview interviewees on uh, de-stress your business was Gerald Ratner. Yes. Um, he uh, came across me after he was uh, uh, presenting at an event that I was also speaking at and he came up to me after my um, my presentation and we chatted about uh, what I've been talking about and so on uh, and he asked for some help on some stuff but one of the other things he asked me to do um, was he said do, do you use LinkedIn at all I said oh yes you know yes I do he said how do I put my phone number in my headline <laughs> and so if you go to Gerald Ratner's LinkedIn profile you'll see his mobile phone number in his headline and I put it there <laughs> <laughs> that's a fame yeah, so that's a slightly random sort of conversation interaction. And it just, I, I always think about it whenever you talk about it. what should you put in your headline? Question, should you put your mobile number? Maybe. He said that it was really effective. It's, yeah, if you want people to ring you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He said, he said, I'd never put it on Twitter. There's too many trolls <laughs> on LinkedIn. <laughs> For whatever reason, it seems to be bad. Yeah. So um, uh, there you go, a little funny aside. But I want to dive into a particular part of the strategy. Like The way that you've set it out, you've said, you know, get really clear on who your ideal customer is. Make sure that your profile absolutely communicates who you're helping and what you're helping them to do, then go find those really specific people yeah. like you know HR managers based in Warrington, whatever it is, go yeah. find them and connect with them. You don't even need to do a personal connection request, just connect to a load and some will accept and some won't. Yeah. And then that key part that you said, which is firstly, repeat that, like repeat yes. the connections, but also be posting on social media every day. And by the sounds of things, that 20 to 30 minutes is sending those connections, post on social media, sending those connections, post to social media. For entrepreneurs and business leaders that are like me, where my least favorite thing is something I have to repeat over and over and over, that terrifies me, right? I am terrible at doing things 
repeatedly. I'm great at experimenting and doing new things and coping with problems that have never come up before and terrible at repeating stuff that works. So how do we overcome that? What, when you've worked with clients, how do you get them to a point where they actually do this stuff consistently <laughs> to get consistent results? That is, such, that is such a great point that you've picked up on because a lot of people don't pick up on that. So there's three things to do every day, not just the two. So yes, okay. it is. It's consistency. I say it's like going to the gym. You go to the gym a few times, nothing happens, which is annoying. Um, but you go to the gym every single, like three times a week, you pick things up, you put them down, you go on the treadmill. Over time, it starts to work, right? So it is a consistency game, dead right. Um, but the three things you need to do every day, and this is why it's it's, it's almost like, why would people buy from Helen when she tells everyone all of the secrets all of the time, right? Everything I do, I tell people all of the secrets. I don't hold anything back, right? There are no secrets. I can teach you this, like I say, on the back of a napkin in five minutes, but why don't people do it is the question, right? And that is why people buy from me because they want to be held accountable and they want to be in a group with other people who are doing the same. Anyway, so there's three things to do and they all begin with C, which is great for me. So they are um, your connections. Yeah, so you do your connections every day. You can only really do between 10 and 15 a day before LinkedIn start getting a bit upset with you, right? Okay. So you can do 115 a week, we believe, and we're not quite sure on that. Um, so you do that every single day. And you um, you do your, your content, yeah? So at least one post a day. I tend to do about four a day, but I don't make people do four a day. It's a bit of an urban myth. I don't force you to do it if you don't want to do it. Um, but I like to see a range of different types of content. So I have the four pillars of stories, video, social proof, and call to action. So basically, story about who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Could be anything from big, long piece around lessons to my 14-year-old self. I only write about one of those every two weeks because who can be bothered thinking of something useful to write? Or it could be like, oh, my God, there's like a squirrel and a crow having a fight in the garden, right? That is still a story, you know? Like, I didn't even know they fought, which is a true story that happened. Um, but, like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be this sort of war and peace thought leadership stuff. That's the biggest misconception with LinkedIn is that you've got to somehow, like, churn out this amazing content. It's not like that at all. I would say, like, with content on LinkedIn, just get good at being average. That's fine. Like, that's all it needs. You don't need to be a content writer, a copywriter. Do something you need to be great. You know, it just needs to be you, you know, it just needs to be you. So stories about who you are, uh, social uh, video, really, really strong on LinkedIn. Yeah, on all the platforms, but especially on LinkedIn. So people know if they like you or not. People don't like me. Can you believe it? People, some people love me, but they find out on the video. The people who don't like me aren't going to buy from me. Don't know why they email me to tell me they don't like me, but there you go. So stories, <laughs> video, social proof, as we know, like people buy from people and they like, you know, so just a screenshot. This is what I put, someone said about me this time. It's fine. It doesn't have to be, again, branded or anything. Just a screenshot. This is person said this great thing to me. Uh, and call to action. Big, big missing piece. So like, yeah, I'm looking for three people to help with X, Y, and Z. It's this much money. If you know anyone, send them my way. Like strong call to action. People are scared to put a call to action. So I was like, I'm too good to sell. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm too good to put a call to action post. And it's like, mate, you're really not. Like, you let, let people I'm know. Too I was... good my, I'm good. I'm too good to put my mobile phone number in my headline, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe even more Gerald on that, yeah. yeah. But, like, it's it's really simple that the more you sell, the more you sell, right? So the, the more you show up and post, this is how you can buy from me, the more people understand how they can buy from you. So there's that element as well. So consistently showing up in those, in those kind of four directions, I think, really help. But then the third thing to do, and this is really underrated. Now, I was with a one-to-one -one client today, and she was like, I just can't get 
consistent with this. So I was like, right, let's do it now. And literally she used some of her time while I watched her screen while she did this, right? So I believe that growing your audience is going to get you sales. I believe that posting will get you sales, but I do believe that comments will make it work faster. It is like fuel for the fire, right? So those, so you've got your great headline and profile, you're doing your ads every day, and you do it all once a week, and you're putting out content, right? That's only step one and two. Step three is engagement, and that's doing comments. So this is the one thing you can't do too much of, and this is the one thing that when you do it, you see an almost instant return. So it's really good for the serotonin, right? This is what we this is what we're used to. We're used to seeing an instant return. You don't get that on many platforms. Oh, you get that on many platforms, sorry, but you don't get that on LinkedIn a lot. It's not really an engagement type platform, right? But if you comment on other people's stuff, not pitching your stuff, not giving them a lecture, not adding value, not disagreeing with them, but instead supporting what they are trying to get out of posting on LinkedIn. Yeah, so whether it's, I've just been up Kilimanjaro. Oh my God, that's amazing. So I brought my dog to work today. Your dog's really cute. So I've got this job that I need to fill. I hope you find somebody. Like, this kind of con, this kind of this constant support in other people's posts puts your profile views through the roof. Because, well, there's, there's three really good reasons for doing it. One, it makes LinkedIn a better, a nicer place, and it, yeah. you're just a good citizen of LinkedIn. And um, two, it makes them feel really good because that's what we all want: people to put nice stuff on our, our posts. Yeah. But three, more people see your headline, nice. and you can't do too much of it. So I always say. Do your, your connections should take you five minutes, not even five minutes, two minutes while your kettle's boiling. Your content, you can knock that out in 10, miss, 10 minutes or so. The rest of the time, it's doing comments. When you're waiting to pick your kids up from school, do some comments. You're watching Love Island and you don't really need to watch it because it's like, you know, not really much thinking. <laughs> not much thinking required. Do your comments. You know, the ashes is on. You know, for example, you know, if the ashes is on, my husband's happy. I'm just... I'm sort of half watching it, I don't really understand it, but I'm doing my comments, right, on my phone. It's like rocket fuel for your lead gen. It really, really is. And I think that's the missing piece for a lot of people. So connections, content, and comments, those three things. So how do you get people to be consistent? So there's a couple of things. One is that some of it can be outsourced, but not all of it. And let me tell you a story. So my daughter said to my daughter one day, so she had a cleaning job. She was doing hairdressing at college. Not particularly loving either. Um, and I said, you know what, Kate? She's my daughter. I said, the one thing that I tell everybody to do is to add 115 people a week. So if you logged in and did that, she started doing it for me, right? I was like, oh, I'll give you a bit of money, right? And then she started doing it for my husband's business. So I'll give you a bit of money. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if anyone else would want her to do that. So now Katie runs an agency where she just does the ads for 97 quid a month. She's got about 60 clients. Nice. She, she's not going to be a hairdresser or a cleaner anymore. She's just running her own little agency and living her absolute best life, which is great. So you can outsource that. Somebody else can do that bit for you. Um, so there is that. But I do believe you should do your own content. And I do believe you should do your own comments. I don't think you should outsource those. Now, there's, there's another two ways I think I can help people. So one is that you pay. So if you pay to be in my program or you pay to work with me, it'll make you do it. Yeah, it's that commitment yeah. to it, yeah? Uh, but the other thing is a mindset. So what I always say to people is, I believe there's 100 grand for you in LinkedIn. I believe it is there for you, Alexis. I believe it's there for everybody. 
I've never met somebody who I've thought, no, it's not there for you, right? So if I was to say to you, I'll give you £100,000 in 12 months' time, but all you need to do is do that 30 minutes a day every day, would you do it? Me personally? Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, I'd, have to do, I'd have to do the calculation of opportunity cost, but I suspect it comes out. It'll depend on the profit on that 100 grand, but yeah. Probably, <laughs> 100 yeah. grand profit, 100% I'm doing 30 minutes right, yeah. a day. 100 grand profit, yeah. Or whatever the thing might be, right? You know, like a thousand new users for your software, whatever it might be, yeah, right? Yeah, indeed. So for most people, it's like, oh, yeah. So if I do the work, I get the money. And that is the answer, really. Mm. So what I get people to do is connect into that money. So so whatever your number is, it might be a million pound for you, it might be a hundred pound for somebody else, right? Yeah, connecting to that result and seeing connecting to the money, yeah. Just being supporting that. And this is it. And like so the money so the money's the one thing, but what's that money gonna do for you and your family? But also that money's a representation of the impact that you've had. So what is the actual impact mm. of that money and on the people that you work with and the people that buy your stuff? And then the connecting to what's in it for them. So what's in it for you, what's in it for them? And then I call it Mission over mindset in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you really connect into the mission. What am I, why am I doing this? And what difference is this going to make? And then when you feel like, I really can't be bothered to do my LinkedIn today, like you can reconnect into the mission. Like my friend, <laughs> and I've just been working with it, but he was like, oh, I'm worried what people will think if I post about this stuff all the time. He does mental first aid into companies. He does suicide awareness. I was like, you are on a life-saving mission. How dare you get in your own yeah. way? Right. <laughs> you know, like, and he was like, oh, you're good at this. Well, it's like, it doesn't always have to be about you, but about the people that you're you're going to help. So it is about any, it's like any habit stacking. You know, you've, you know, you can, you can do, you can do various different ways to make yourself do it. You know, so the way I make, make myself do it, and I don't do it every single day, got to be honest, but I did in the early days, is that I get in and out in less than 20 minutes and I get it done mm. in the morning. So I just nice. get my LinkedIn done. So I log in. I don't do my ads because Katie does it, but I log in. I do my posts. I do all four posts at once. Just put them all out at the same time. The world doesn't stop turning. Um, quite often copy and paste stuff from platform to platform if it's good. Um, and then I do my comments and I'm done. And I'm, and I'm done, you know, just the same as I go kickboxing training twice a week, you know, just the same as I do anything that I want to get a result. You know, I'm not going to get a black belt in kickboxing if I don't go. Just like I'm not going to get the leads I want to get on LinkedIn if I don't do it. So there's an element of self-discipline and consistency. Yeah. Nice. Love that. Love that so much. Thank you so much for, for sharing that, Hannah. And at that level of detail, as you say, you, you don't hold back the secrets, you share all that kind of stuff. It's been hugely powerful. Um, I, I'm going to make sure that in the show notes, we've got uh, links to your website. We've got links in, uh, to your LinkedIn profile, if only so that people can find out who won between the crow and the squirrel. Um, yes. But also, I believe you've got your five-day uh, free challenge. I'll yeah. so make sure we link to that. Um, any any other ways in which people should uh, connect with you, reach out to you, etc. Yeah, so just, I mean, I would say follow me on Facebook because Facebook's like my kind of social media home and everything I do, you know, I put on world so everyone can see it. So if you want to really be friends with me, if that makes sense, I'm up to my max on my 5,000, you know, but if you want to be friends with me, it's just the same as if we were actual friends on Facebook. So I really like people to start there because that's where all of my sort of mad ideas come from, I guess. That's where you get the best well-rounded view of me. Yeah, come and find me on LinkedIn. Look at my recommendations to see how other people have done their headlines and profiles. That's a really good way to kind of cheat the system and see how other people have done it, which is good. And really just 
come along to some of my free events. I've got a million and one free events happening all the time, whether it's masterclasses, whether it's five-day challenges. I've got funnels that you can join. I've got like a 2K in two weeks funnel for people that just want to go and make some quick cash. I've got a LinkedIn checklist that you can have where you can just print it off and just tick off the things to do every day. You just need to send, you know, if you come and find me on Facebook and ask for any of these things, if I'm not posting about them, then we've got them all to hand. So like I said, you know, I'm really on a mission to help people definitely not be broke and help businesses just scale faster and have more fun with it, you know. So anybody, whether you're in an organization that's got teams who just aren't using LinkedIn properly and none of you are, just so you know. Um, and Or if you're a small business owner or you're an entrepreneur who just wants to know how to do it themselves, like I can I can help. If not me personally, I can, I can give you a resource for sure. Yeah, I love it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Helen. It's been uh, absolutely amazing. I really, really appreciate it. You've been brilliant. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, that's great. Well, uh, thank you so much uh, for that, Helen. Um, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. Uh, I'll just share for, for our audience that if marketing is currently one of your biggest stress areas, um, you'll uh, hopefully have got a lot of value from today. Um, but also you'll really love what we've been working on over at Air Manual. Uh, we've been working with top marketing experts and getting input from amazing people like Helen uh, and our clients at Air Manual. And we've been putting together a set of templates and guidance and training, essentially a playbook for what your marketing team needs. Everything from employee onboarding checklists to checklists for repurposing content for social media, preparing for podcast interviews, and even using AI tools to give you inspiration for lead magnets and other content and so on. Um, you can get these as soon as each becomes available by subscribing for our newsletter at www.scalingwithoutstress.com. Otherwise, that's it for another episode of De-Stress Your Business. I'm sure you found Helen's insights into LinkedIn strategy uh, hugely valuable, as I did. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So share your favorite takeaway from this episode on social media. Don't forget to tag us in. Uh, otherwise, uh, Helen, thank you again for sharing your expertise with us and everyone else. Until next time, have fun. <laughs>